0: Today on It's Time. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time.
1: It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler. Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: It's
1: time
0: If you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Revelation chapter 8. Again, if you have your Bible, we're in Revelation chapter 8. We've been going through the book of Revelation. Chapter 1 deals with John being exiled on the island of Patmos. It was like like an Alcatraz, if you will. It was a place where criminals went. And even though maybe society forgot him, God did not forget him. And we remember God gave him what was to happen in the end of days, the culmination of the entirety of the Bible. And again, as we've shared this many times before, the Bible is what does the commentary on the book of Revelation. If you don't know the Bible, Revelation is a very difficult book and there's a lot of conjecture that comes. And this is why there's so many different interpretations. But I believe if you simply know the Bible and you read it for what it says, it gives you a pretty good understanding what it's about. Chapters two and three of Revelation deal with the age of the church. The churches that existed, the churches that, through history, and the churches that are up to the time of the rapture. Chapter 4, we find a trumpet blowing in in verse 1 of chapter 4, and we find the church in heaven. They sing a song, who have redeemed us from every kindred, uh, tribe, Tongue and nation. And so we know that it's not speaking of angels there or just the Jewish nation. It's speaking of all those that are believers. After Revelation chapter uh, three, you don't find the church on earth again. You'll find saints, you'll find elect, but the church is found in heaven. Now, when we get to chapter 4, we find the heavenly scene, the church in heaven, who Jesus is. Chapter 5, the scroll, the title deed of the earth is offered. Who is able to take it? John wept. There was no one. Uh, in heaven or or anywhere else that could open the scroll. And then the Bible says, one like a lamb that had been slain, speaking of Jesus Christ, stepped out and took the scroll. And by the way, friends, I believe Jesus, someday you will see at the moment of death what Jesus looked like when he died for our sins. I believe this is why the disciples had trouble recognizing Jesus. I believe that's why others had trouble recognizing Jesus, because the marks and the damage that was done to Jesus' body were still in his body When he offered to Thomas, put your fingers in the holes in my hand, thrust your hand into my side. And again, I've shared this many times. I've been up and uh, had to go up to the hospital and in different places to identify bodies. And the swelling after, for instance, like a car wreck or something, they're disfigured so badly. And the Bible says that Jesus was blindfolded and beaten. A crown of thorns was shoved on his head. And just the thoughts of the, uh, of the swelling from that, not, not to mention the, the uh, being blindfolded and beaten. I imagine he was disfigured. Yet the Bible says not a bone in his body would be broken. And that was fulfilled as well. And so we find the lamb takes the scroll and begins to pop off the seals on this title deed to the earth. And the reason why we say that is because the Bible tells us that God did give the world into man's hands. Man refused to listen to God, took orders from the devil. God said, don't eat of the tree. Satan said, eat of the tree. Who are you going to listen to? Well, man listened to the devil. And that's why we see the problems that we find in the world today. And because of that, we find then, as we go into chapter 6, we find the seals beginning to be popped off on this titled it as Jesus Prepares to Take the World Back and Set Up His Thousand-Year Reign. And when these things pop off, all kinds of cataclysmic things, this is where we find the beginning of the tribulation period, the first seal. A guy on a white horse goes out conquering and to conquer. He has a bow, but no arrows. He's going to go out diplomatically, at least at first. And then the Bible says war follows. And then after the war, we find famine follows. And then after that, we find Death follows. And so we find these cataclysmic things that break out on the earth. Well, we get to the fifth seal and we find the saints that uh, were under the altar who were martyred for their faith. And I believe there's going to be a lot of them martyred in the very first part of the tribulation period, because they and many of the people that you've shared faith with and they go, oh, yeah, I got lots of time. I got lots of time and they find that this now is upon them. The Antichrist is coming to power. And so the fifth seal, where we find the saints gathered under the altar. Then we find the sixth seal, where people are crying out to the earth. Again, calling out to Mother Earth. Rather than calling out to God, they're calling out to the earth, and uh, because the Bible says, the time of His wrath has come. Chapter 7 deals with 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel. This is not any religious group today, It very clearly says they're from the 12 tribes of Israel. And then just so nobody can mess it up. yet they still do. 12,000 from each of the tribes. And he lists the tribes of Israel by name. And they are servants to God. And God puts his seal on their forehead. The devil puts the 666 on the forehead of those who belong to him up in chapter 13. But chapter 7, these people are sealed for God's purpose. They're servants here on this earth during this time. Which brings us up to chapter 8, and we get into the 7th seal. And the 7th seal, once it's open, opens up, we, we know, the trumpet judgments. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come now in a special way and comfort every one of our hearts. These words were never meant to scare us, but I believe God to help people during this time navigate through the worst time in the history of the world. And so, Lord, as we read these words, may it motivate us to be better evangelists for you. And may we be about your business so that more people can go into heaven and miss all these things that are to come upon the earth. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would come now in a special way and communicate your truth from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when we move in here to chapter 8, And we find now the seventh seal being opened, which then breaks out the seven trumpet judgments. The first six seals were man versus man, basically. And if you like to take notes in your Bible, you might want to write that down. First six seals deal with man versus man. But when we get into the seventh seal, we find these trumpet judgments is God versus man. Different world. And when he opened the seventh seal... There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them that were given the seven trumpets, and another angel having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and each was given much incense that they should offer it with prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which is before the throne. And by the way, you find a similar picture of this in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah 6 has an, another similar picture where God says, who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. And we remember the Bible talks about an angel went and got some of these hot coals and touched his mouth and sent him back to the earth to be a spokesman for him. And so he says, the smoke and the incense... The prayers of the saints ascended before God and before the angel's hand and from the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. Now, by the way, whatever this fire on this altar is, has evidently something to do with purification. Now, we do know that heat, fire, sterilizes things. And you'll find oftentimes in a doctor's office, they'll have this little little oven where they put the utensils. If they're going to cut something off your body, a little cancer or something, they'll, they'll have, and they, they sterilize it. Fire kills bugs. Well, interestingly enough, we find here that whether it was the coal from the altar to purify Isaiah's lips or to now bring a purification on the earth, we find it here. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, threw it to the earth. And there were noises and thunderings, lightnings and earthquake. Now, again, we've already studied, if you go back to the sixth seal, and that would be found in Revelation 6, 12, there are major tectonic plate movements going on in the world. Now, the Bible tells us this, and something interesting, if you do any study at all in, in uh, the field of earthquakes, everybody's heard about the big one that's coming to California. I, I don't think anybody has missed that. And they're talking that it's not going to be like a 6-0 or a, an 8 This thing might be clear off the scale. We always say that. Well, it's off the Richter scale. They believe what's going to happen on the west coast of the United States is going to be off the Richter scale. And again, when you think about San Andreas, when you think about the Cascadia, which will take out Seattle and Portland, When you think about yellowstone which could potentially take out most of the united states you realize that we are in a very unstable world we remember the earthquake that happened in sumatra on that christmas day about a decade or so ago where it actually reformed the shoreline of the ocean because there was the the, part of the plates went down some of the plates came up and uh, so we know that as the Bible says in Revelation 6, every mountain and island moved out of its place. Now, one of the things that I think is terrifying about that, that means that a lot of structures that people live in will be gone. Because, again, there's nothing that's more unnerving than having what you thought to be terra firma under your feet is now moving around on a regular basis. Well, the Bible tells us there's going to be great earthquakes during the tribulation period. And here, when this censer is thrown to the earth, there's a great earthquake, probably one that shakes the entire world. And so he says here that when this happened, verse six, so the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel sounded and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood they were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burnt up and all the green grass was burned up. Now, well, you're not going to have to do any mowing. The Bible tells us here that the world is going to go through an ecological disaster unparalleled in the history of man. And so he says, all the trees were, or a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. Now, remember, Moses in the plagues He, God allowed him to turn water to blood. And remember, that was one of the the plagues that came upon Egypt when God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And so then verse 8, it says, the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain, whether this is an asteroid or a meteor, I don't know, with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and the third of the ships were destroyed. Whatever this is, friends, and it's probably something like an asteroid. And by the way, every once in a while in the newspapers, you'll see something where it says uh, another near miss, an asteroid that we didn't even know about, came within, you know, 250 million miles from the Earth or whatever. And they go, well, I thought they were watching this stuff. Well, they're, evidently, they don't see all these things that are out there. It's a big sky. And they said something like this hits the earth and it does absolutely catastrophic damage. It's like uh, when uh, the old joke goes, the guy goes out there and he's fishing with dynamite off his boat. He lights a stick of dynamite, throws the stick of dynamite in the water. It explodes, shocks the fish, and then they float to the surface and he just pick them up. Game warden come along and says, Hey, I saw you, what you're doing out there. You're not supposed to be doing that. He lights a, another stick of dynamite, hands it to the sheriff and says, Are you going to talk or are you going to fish? Well, that's the, tr- that's the truth. The thing is, is that the shock waves will kill things. The shock waves, evidently the waves that follow will destroy shipping on the world. And so it's interesting that we find still shipping going on during the tribulation period. We find this again, verse nine. Then verse 10, third trumpet, third angel sounded great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch and it fell on the third of the rivers and the springs of water. And the name of the star is wormwood. And a third of the waters became wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Now what's weird. You want to know something weird? The word for wormwood in Russian is Chernobyl. That's weird. Remember that? You know, uh, Chernobyl had a nuclear meltdown. Swedish authorities picked up a high amount of radiation leaking. They contacted the Russian government, which didn't really want to fess up to it. And they had a nuclear meltdown. And today in that whole Part of Russia, their San Joaquin Valley, where a lot of their food was grown, because Chernobyl meltdown, the ground is so radiized that it will not be usable, they said, for over 300 years. They have all amusement parks like Disneyland and everything all vacant. I saw a special on it on one of the stations, PBS, or something like that. And they showed all this this barren wasteland, but nothing can inhabit it because the radiation. Now you say, well, what does radiation do to you? Radiation changes your DNA. You have this shell around who you are and those little molecules in your body. The radiation confuses that. Years ago, when they first discovered X-rays, which is a type of radiation and uh, Edison was was doing a lot with x-rays and things like this, there was a guy that would routinely give people a tour through uh, uh, Edison's museum, if you will. And he'd pick up something, and he'd put his hand behind the fluoroscope, and you could see his bones in his hands, and he would do this regularly until he developed massive cancer, massive bone cancer. And they linked the the radiation to the breakdown of those little those that protective layer around your dna breaks it down mutations happen cancers form i don't know how many people here years ago if you're older here you remember downtown they had a a thing where you would put a shoe your shoe on and they didn't know that much about radiation then and you would actually kids could put their their feet in this machine that was an was a, a, a x-ray machine, and you could see your foot in the thing. I don't, anybody remember that? It was a, Yeah, a few of you. It was downtown. They had that nuking their customers. I couldn't believe it. But that's what they would do. And you could see your shoe inside. Does your shoe truly fit your child's foot? And they'd be sticking their kids' feet in this thing, nuking their children. Well, needless to say, they did take that away. That was a good thing. But radiation does bad things to people. Now, again, what is this? It says, look at it again. This thing fell from heaven, burning like a torch, fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. Name of it was Wormwood. Third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. I don't know what this is. I don't know whether this is man-caused, like, uh, like a, a wayward North Korean or Iranian missile that lands on, uh, in the ocean. I don't know what this is or whether this is what God does. We don't know. A lot of these things, we don't know whether they're man-caused or God-caused, but God allows them to happen to mankind. And here in this particular place, you find this word coming up, Chernobyl, which immediately makes me think that the bitterness is some type of radiated um, uh, water, and it makes it undrinkable. The fourth angel sounded. And the the third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and the stars, a third of the stars, so that of them were darkened, and the third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Tells me there's going to be a lot of, a lot of pollution in the atmosphere. And again, when we go back and it talks about uh, a third of the trees were burned up, uh, you, you remember when we had the Yellowstone fires and the wind was blowing backwards. And remember, you'd come out in the middle of the afternoon and, and the sun was, was like like red and, and the, and because of so much smoke in the air. And they said, well, we have a policy here at Yellowstone. It's called the let it burn policy. How many, many people remember the let it burn policy? Well, when it started getting toward Kansas, they thought, you know, maybe we ought to put this thing out before it takes out New York. No, well, actually, they say all kinds of wonderful things happened after the fire and the pine cones exploded and trees and I, I don't know all that stuff. All I know, it was a hazard for anybody that had to breathe air in this area because of the fires. Well, imagine that all of this is in the air, whatever this is that, that, that contaminates the earth, of all the waters, is in the air. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of these three angels who are about to sound. Now, the first three are bad. The last the first four are bad, the last three are even worse. Now, it's interesting, just real quick, a little caveat here. If you remember, the first four um, uh, judgments, seal judgments dealt, again, with, with man, and then we went into the fifth, and that dealt with the saints. Now we have the first four that were kind of judgments on the earth, on the water, on the trees, on the grass, these things. And now we go into this fifth judgment or fifth trumpet judgment. And the fifth angel sounded and a star fallen from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now there's a lot of discussion here. And this is one of the things that I have found If you kind of just read Revelation for what it says, you can't really mess it up too much. It's when everybody starts entering all kinds of weird conjecture. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get a little farther up here in chapter nine. But if you just simply read Revelation, it's not too hard to understand what it's talking about. But when you've got an angle or you're trying to make it say something that it doesn't say, this is where I believe the problem is, you go to the moon. I don't think anything we've read here so far is representative of something else. I I, I think it means, I I know what a tree is, I know what grass is. I know what something like a burning mountain. If you are seeing a giant asteroid coming close to the earth, you've got to remember John's doing his best to describe what he saw. I don't think these are metaphoric statements at all. I think they're very much real in what they say they are. And so he says, this angel, star fallen from heaven to the earth. Now, again, don't know who this angel is. I've read commentaries on it. I'll just give you a couple of thoughts. You choose what you like. One says it's an actual angel, a good angel, that comes down and unlocks the bottomless pit. and We're going to find out what comes out of this bottomless pit in a second. Some say, well, maybe it's referring, as Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Maybe it's the devil or maybe a bad angel doing this. I don't know. But as we read on here, we'll get a little bit better picture. And it says that he opened the bottomless pit And smoke arose out of the pit like smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the great pit. So really, you know, uh, we haven't talked too much about that, but just finding good air to breathe seems like it's going to be quite a challenge during the tribulation period between the trees burning up and the smoke of this pit. And you know, somewhere on this earth there is a pit. And somewhere on this earth there's a Somehow it's contained. And whatever this angel is, it's opened, and whatever is in it is allowed to come out. Now, something I want you always to remember. Always remember, first of all, the devil is God's devil. The devil cannot do whatever he wants to do. And that ought to bring great peace to every one of us that are born again as Christians. I've heard people say, well, never pray out loud because the devil will hear your prayers and then he'll try to do the opposite. No, if you're a Christian, that's not the case. Case in point, book of Job, chapter one. The Bible says that devil could only do to Job what God the Father allowed him to do to Job. And God, knowing the outcome before the beginning, allowed Satan to do it to Job. Now, somebody says, well, I'm sure glad that don't happen anymore. I'm not so sure it doesn't happen. I'm not so sure that God doesn't allow us to go through trials to refine our faith, to bring us closer to him. Because the thing is, what God a lot of times does for us as Christians is he allows us to exhaust our resources so we will depend on him.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.